Hi there, and welcome to the Good Old Days of Radio Show. This is your host, John Tefteller. It is Tuesday. Tuesday we reserve for comedy, drama, or variety. And it's my choice today for comedy. Again, I like comedy. We'll get to drama soon. But uh, anyway, uh, we've played some Stan Freeberg shows in the past, three of them to be exact, and Stan Freeberg is one of my favorite satirical comedians. He had his own radio show in the late 50s in the summer of 1957 for exactly 13 episodes, uh, right at the very tail end of radio. He was actually the last network radio network comedy show on the air and they're all interesting in their own way some better than others but all have that freeberg satire uh, well on display within them the show for today is for the fourth show of the series from august 4th 1957 and here we go wow man i'll have to ask you not to gong like that Oh, well, uh, it's yeah. It's right in my ear, man. Well, I was just trying it's to... It's too piercing, man. It's too piercing. Well, see, the gong was to separate me from the commercials you just heard. I mean, I don't want people to think I'm a filter-tip cigarette or a used car. Well, <laughs> well, what are you, man? I'm Stan Freeberg. Too piercing, man. Too piercing, yeah. Well, that's the brakes. Hit it, Billy. Wow. <laughs> This is the fourth show of the series Of a brand new radio series From Hollywood, we present The Stan Freeberg Show With the music of Billy Mayer Plus the songs of Peggy Taylor With Doris Butler, June Foray, Peter Leeds And the Judd Conlon Rhythm Airs You may not find us on your TV Because in case you did not know We're being brought to you on Brought to you on Brought to you on R-A-D-I-O Now one of the dramatic scenes we know you've been waiting for The stage lights dim And the spotlight finds our announcer Burnside Mantle. Thank you. Great moments in history. We bring you the story behind these moments. The time is April the 18th, 1775. The place, Charleston, Massachusetts. It is night, and high in the steeple of the old North Church, two lanterns are gleaming. One if by land, and two if by sea. The British are coming. Quick, quick, Paul Revere, quick. The British are coming. Get on the horse. First you give me the money, then I'll get on the horse. <laughs> so concludes another gem from the files of our historical stool pigeon... And uh, research man, Robert E. Tainter. Uh, Bob had the Maley's expose in today as he's been temporarily detained. I hope they at least put a radio in his cell so he can hear the show. <laughs> and as for to all the hundreds of letters we've received uh, asking just exactly what yogurt is, uh, I'm sorry, we don't know. Uh, pardon but... me. Uh... Oh, yes, uh, Peggy? Well, yogurt, a dairy product, is prepared from milk, partly evaporated and fermented by Lactobacillus bulgarius. Uh-huh. 
And for you true lovers of cupcakes and other goodies, that was the voice of Peggy Taylor. <laughs> Gee, how did you know what yogurt was? Oh, I know a lot of little things, Stan. Mm -hmm. You want to know the population of Winnetka? No, that won't be necessary. Uh, just glad you could drop by, Peggy. Gee, you look as pretty and perky. Stan, as... uh, why don't you just let me sing, huh? Now, with the help of Judd Conlon's Rhythm Airs, here's Peggy Taylor. Sing, Peggy. All right, Jack. <laughs> I like the likes of you. I like the things you do. I mean, I like the likes of you. I like your eyes of blue. I think they're blue, don't you? I mean, I like your eyes of blue. Dear, if I could only say what I mean. I mean, if I could mean what I say. That is, I mean to say that I mean to say that. I like the likes of you. Your looks are pure deluxe. Looks like I like the likes of you. Oh dear, if I could only say what I mean. I mean, if I could mean what I say. That is, I mean to say that I mean to say that. I like the looks of you. Your looks are pure deluxe. I like the likes of you Looks like I like the looks of you I five. Just what does it all mean? We are fortunate to have with us the eminent electronics engineer and scientist, Dr. Herman Horn, who will demonstrate for us the meaning of the word hi-fi. Uh, thank you. And incidentally, hi-fi is uh, two words hyphenated in the middle. <laughs> the word hi-fi. Two words. I've told you once. I won't tell you again. <laughs> The words hi-fi have become a part of our daily vocabulary. Still, many people do not completely understand. And so, it is to them that this lecture is dedicated. Doctor, one moment, please. I'm just testing the equipment so I'll be ready for the lecture if that big fat mouth of yours ever stops flapping and you introduce me. I I'm trying to. Well, try a little harder. Yes. Please. Hmm. Well, as Edison was to the incandescent lamp, as Whitney was to the cotton gin, as Abby is to rents, so is Dr. Herman Horn to stereophrantic orthopedic cinema guanaramophonic sound is the copyrighted name for my own personal hi-fi system, which I have developed. <laughs> what the good doctor really means is... Hi-fi, short for high fidelity, or music recorded with complete frequency and full dynamic range, plus great musical balance, then engineered and pressed with critical electronic precision. 
somebody asked you to say that? Oh, nobody just, said it. Just uh, thought you'd throw it in. Is that it? Oh, yes, but I just wanted to help, you know. I well, that's very nice. You want to help. Say, let me show you how it can be a real help. Take your foot and put it in this bucket of salt water. All righty. There you are. Now, will you hang on to these two electrodes? All righty. Thank you. Hold it. To continue, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> here is some average sound you hear every day around the house, which my assistant, Mr. Strudelmeyer, is going to play through hi-fi. Listen. That was the mating call of the aardvark. Uh, Yes, you aardvarks with hi-fi sets, that was a good place in the record to test your equipment and get jollies at the same time. <laughs> Listen again. You know what that was? That was the same mating call, only played backwards and slowed down. Uh, it is no longer attractive to aardvarks in this condition. But it gives my assistant Strudelmeyer goosebumps. <laughs> Here's something you don't hear every day. <laughs> that was the sound of Luella Parsons at the Brown Derby putting ketchup on a clam sandwich in hi-fi. <laughs> hey, you'd think you were right there with Lolly, wouldn't you? I tell you, somebody who appreciates hi-fi, that's a dog. They could hear all the good sounds you couldn't hear. Like all the highs. You can only hear the fives. <laughs> the average dog can hear up to 40,000 cycles. Uh, I'll play an oscillator for you. You write down a mental note of where you can't hear anymore. You don't hear that, do you? That's the part the dogs like. <laughs> don't you wish you had dog's ears? Matter of fact, a friend of mine back in Scranton got so mad that his dog could hear more than he could, he went to a plastic surgeon and had dog's ears put on him. <laughs> he couldn't hear for sour apples, but he got a part in the picture, Frankenstein meets the wolf man. <laughs> Where was I? Oh, yes, dogs. I have recorded a whole symphony at 40,000 cycles for only dogs to hear. If you can hear it, believe me, worry a little. <laughs> All righty, put on the record, Strudelmeyer. Down, Strudelmeyer. Down, Strudelmeyer. Take the record off. Well, it's too bad. They get too emotional. Strudelmeyer. Strudelmeyer, the liver is for them. So concludes the first of a series of fascinating lectures on Hi-Fi by Dr. Herman Horn. I feel sure that you, like us, will get a lot from these educational talks. The preceding four minutes of time has been relinquished by Stan Freeberg in honor of Deafen Your Neighbors Week.
the Lox Audio Theater. Brought to you by Lox Soap, the only salmon-shaped bar that swims up tub. <laughs> now, here is your host, that grand, grand star, with a wide, wide smile, C.B. Digby. Good evening from Hollywood. <laughs> Tonight we have for you a stirring psychological drama adapted especially for the Lux Audio Theater from that lovable motion picture, Rock Around My Nose. <laughs> Our stars are the screen's most lovable old codger, Mr. Evanston, Illinois. <laughs> and that delightful child actor, Bobby Finster, recently starred in Pillow Fight at the OK Nursery School. <laughs> As usual after our play, I'll be talking with these glamorous stars in our very own green room. And now, from Hollywood, the Locks Audio Theater presents Rock Around My Nose. <laughs> In the library of his palatial mansion on his magnificent estate in Puce Hills, Connecticut, a troubled man sits aimlessly playing with his fabulous collection of pigeon blood rubies. As the priceless gems trickle from his aimless fingers and spill to the floor to be sucked on by a delighted cocker spaniel, <laughs> Foster Farthington Chatsworth III, the lonely millionaire, is thinking deeply. He is... but let him tell us his problem. I have lost all hope of getting close to my son, Julius Chatsworth IV. Since Julius was a baby, I've I've had trouble getting close to him. Dad. And now Dad. Ah, there is Julius now. Julius, my son, come get close to me. Are you kidding? <laughs> What's the matter, son? Let me get close to you, boy. Well, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Why you can't get close to me. What is it? Well, Dad, it's just as plain as the... Oh, what's the use? I, I can't tell you. So long, Dad. Julius, well, where are you going? I'm going out to pick up a girl. But, Julius, <laughs> what about your poor old father? You get your own girl. <laughs> he was gone, and I still could not get close to him. Little did I know what was going on at the Puce Hills Sweet Shop. Hiya, Julius. Oh, hi, Marty. Uh, how's things at the butcher shop? Oh, I managed to do a little cutting up. <laughs> <laughs> how's with you? Oh, the same old thing. Come down here, drinking straight shots, talk realistic dialogue. I'm not getting any younger. I made a mockery of my life. I want to get married. But you're only eight years old. <laughs> oh, you're always throwing that in my face. <laughs> What's the matter? You cold? No, I'm struggling inwardly. <laughs> Julius began to spend night after night at the Puce Hills sweet shop. I could no longer interest him in a hobby, so I took up a hobby. I began to study golf. And one day at the country club, as I was taking a lesson from the pro... 
No, 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 Mr. Chatsworth. No, you sliced again. You've got to keep your eye on the ball. Yes, I know, but that's very difficult, Mac. My nose overshadows it. Aye. Hmm. You got a pretty big proboscis. It is a bit outside, isn't it? Ooh, I wish I had that nose full of nickels. <laughs> that nose full of nickels. I had heard that phrase before, walking along the street. Hey, Gert, get a load of that bugle. Boy, would I like to have that nose full of nickels. Nose full of nickels, nose full of nickels, nose full of nickels, nose full of nickels, nose full of nickels. Stop it! I began to think about my nose. How many nickels would it hold? I decided to find out in my office next day. Here are the nickels, Mr. Chatsworth. Banks and all they have. Excellent. Excellent, Miss Braintree. <clears throat> now I want you to pour them into my nose. Are you kidding? <laughs> Not at all. I want to see how many nickels my nose will hold. Well, you're the boss. Uh, say, so you'll have to stand on your head. All right. <clears throat> yep. How's this? Perfect. All right. Start pouring. Okay. Well, I guess that does it. You can stand up now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Start counting, Miss Braintree. <laughs> when the final count was in, I learned something new about myself. The number of nickels that my nose could accommodate amounted to $241.73. That 73 cents bothered me. Oh, well. That night in our drawing room, I confided in my wife, Mrs. Foster Chatsworth III. Foster the Third, that's it. What? That's why you can't get close to your son, Julius. It's your nose. <laughs> Remember when you used to pick him up from the cradle, you couldn't see him? By thunder, I think you've hit it. And now that he's grown taller whenever I try to get close to him, why, my nose knocks him down. <laughs> That's why he backs away. Hot chats with the third, there's only one thing to do. Yes. I've got to get a nose job. I'm heading for the last nose job. And so I went to a first-rate nose shrinker. There you are, Mr. Shotsworth. From now on, your nose wouldn't hold enough niggers for a local phone call. Thank you very much, Doctor. <laughs> Julius! My son. Who are you? Why, well, I'm your dad. Foster Farthington Chatsworth. The third. Right. Dad! You, you, 
You got a short nose. Yes, son. Now I can get close to you. And I can get close to you. Oh, Dad, I've missed you so. No, 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 no. It was my fault, son. I've been short-sighted and long-nosed. Oh, Dad. Julius, my son. Only a noise So you have heard Rock Around My Nose, specially adapted for the Lux Audio Theatre. And now here in our very own green room with me are the stars of this lovable production, Mr. Evanston, Illinois, and little Bobby Finster. It's a great honor to have you in the green room, Evanston. Well, it's a great honor to be in the green room, CB. And that was a delightful performance you just gave, Bobby. Well, I felt that, uh, you know, it was a challenge, C.B. <laughs> well, you met that challenge beautifully for an eight-year-old boy. Um, <clears throat> I think we can knock off that eight-year-old boy routine any time now, you know? Uh, uh, Look, I'm a 37-year-old midget with a wife and three kids in Kansas City. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. In that order. <laughs> uh, tell me, Evanston, how did it seem to be working with little Bobby Finster again? Perfectly miserable. <laughs> well, surely you're joking. It wasn't exactly a picnic for me, Mr. Evanston has been, Illinois. What do you mean, has been? Ah, oh, come on, you big ham. What? If you hadn't gotten this job tonight, they would have turned off your gas. Why, you vicious little monster. You <laughs> Take your hands off me, old goat. Have the boy, Evanston, kick him in the teeth. Oh, we're having a little fun here in our very own green room tonight, folks. I see our time is up. Now, next week... Who cares about next week? How much do I get paid for this week? Shut up, Finster, shut up. What is for next week, TV? What you doing after this show, baby? What's what you doing with that cigar? Keep away from her, you... And so, friends, locks, locks, the only salmon-shaped bar that swims up pub has brought you another formal interview in our very own own little green room. Next week we present Love Thy Neighbor. This is C.B. Digby saying... Take your foot out of my mouth. <laughs> Good night to you from Hollywood. <laughs> uh, in Mr. H. Uh, Allen Smith's book, The Rebel Yell. Uh, there seems to be some dispute among Southerners as to uh, how the actual Southern Rebel Yell went. Uh, Mr. Smith points out that there are certain schools who believe it went uh, ha, yip, 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 wahoo, and uh, other people down there think that it went uh, tutti fruity, tutti fruity, a wop bambooey. But uh, I personally, uh, having done a little research on the subject, uh, believe that the Rebel Yell went like this. Yeah! Don't let me startle you. I'm just doing a rebel yell here to kind of kick things off. You know what I mean? There's Yellow Rose in Texas, and I am going to see. Nobody else could miss her, not half as much as me. That's right, so when I... Excuse me. 
That's just a shade loud on the snare drum. She's the sweetest little rosebud that Texas ever knew. Her eyes are bright as diamonds, they sparkle like the dew. See, now you covered up sparkle like the dew. One of the loveliest parts in the whole Texas is the only girl for me. Covered up the piccolos there. Where the Rio Grande? Where the Rio? Where? See, my feeling is that whilst I loves a good snare drum, I feel that volume-wise it's just a little bit too much what you're doing there, see? You know me? You know me? Now you trying to hold it down, will you? Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Where the Rio Grande? Appreciate it. With a Rio Grande flowing, and sorry's got that's better. She walks along the river, and the quiet, oh, that's so much better. Hello, that she remembers when the parted long ago. You know that there's just a world of difference. Mercy, she's the sweetest little rosebud that Texas ever knew. Her eyes are bright as diamonds, they sparkle like See, now you're slipping back in your old habits again. Why do you do that? What do you think? Drummer covered up the tra-la-las. Will you do it again, that's all. Smart Ellie. You see how lovely that turned out now? That's a darling part. Okay, banjo, go yug dug a dug a That's pretty. That's pretty. Oh now I'm gonna find her. For my heart is full of woo. We'll do the things together we did so long ago. We'll play the banjo gaily. Excuse me, you ain't any kin to the snare drummer, are you? She's sweetest little rosebud that Texas ever knew. Her eyes are bright. Why do you do that? Why do you burst out like that? There, takes me. There, takes me. That's all. From the yellow rose of Texas. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on there, you smart aleck Yankee drummer, you. Listen, you can cover up yellow, and you can cover up rose, buddy, buddy, but don't you cover up Texas. Well, let me say you cover up Texas. I'll stick your head through that cotton-picking snare drum and see seed from the band, so help me Mitch Miller, I will. And the yellow rose of Texas will be mine One of the loveliest parts in the whole peace. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, that's about it for this time around. I'll be back next week with a new throat. Crazy. Oh, yes, I forgot about you. Well, you've, uh, you've tried our show. Yeah, man. And uh, you've tried other shows. Yeah, man. Well, uh, 
What is your conclusion? Well, your show is louder, man. It bugs me. And it's, and it's more piercing. Definitely more piercing. Thank you. So until next week, this is Stan Freeberg saying, thanks for listening, God bless you, and good night. Stan Freeberg show is produced in Hollywood by Pete Barnum and is written by Stan Freeberg, Pete Barnum, Jack Roach, and Doris Butler with original songs by Stan Freeberg. Featuring the music of Billy May, Judd Conlon's Rhythm Airs, and the songs of Peggy Taylor with Doris Butler, Peter Leeds, and June Foray. Also in the cast was Hans Conrad, Bud Sewell speaking. Sounds like they were a little short on material for that show. The theme song ran on and on and on there at the end. Uh, yeah, they had Hans Conrad in that one doing uh, the voice of Paul Revere and some other things. The Lux Audio Theater was a uh, satire on the famous radio drama Lux Radio Theater. And his Yellow Rose of Texas was a live version of one of his Capitol records that he was famous for, satirizing songs and popular music back in the 1950s. So there you have it, the Stan Freeberg Show for your summer entertainment in the summer of this year from the summer of 1957, August 4th, 1957, to be precise. All right, back on Thursday with some uh, strange programs. I think it's going to be more Lucille Fletcher broadcasts. For those of you who like the weird stories written by radio writer Lucille Fletcher, make sure you listen on Thursday. And back next Tuesday for more comedy, drama, or variety, we shall see. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, Good Old Days of Radio Show, website, goodolddaysofradio.com. Write questions or ask questions or don't ask questions. Take part in our polls or don't take part in our polls, but just keep listening. Anyway, see you next time. Bye.